What is up, my beautiful disabled disciples? Today is Wednesday, June 30th, 2021. And today we are going to talk about trauma between parents and caregivers. Coming right up on Handy Slapped. Stay tuned. Hello everyone, welcome back to Handy Slapped and it's such a pleasure just to be with you every week and just talk about disability and faith and everything else in between just to sit down or lay down and have a conversation every week on just whatever is on my mind or whatever y'all may be thinking about and just how we can have community and conversation together. And speaking of community, uh, go Milwaukee Bucks. They did not win last night in game five of the Eastern Conference Finals. It was actually pretty embarrassing, Uh, but it was a decent game overall, even though we played terribly. And bad news, we lost Giannis. Man, and he just fell down and hurt his uh, knee the way he did, and man, everyone in Wisconsin just, our hearts stopped in that moment. It was so sad to watch, and man, I mean, according to his MRI, nothing shattered or anything like that, so we're still waiting to hear on his uh, play status. Fingers crossed and prayers out to him and the team. You know, we got people like LeBron and um, Kobe Bryant, may he rest in peace. With uh, like they're great players, uh, some of the greatest. LeBron is regarded as the greatest, um, up in the tier of Wilt Chamberlain and Michael Jordan. I don't think that's true, but that's just my opinion. I can't play basketball, so whatever. What what do I know? I just think that LeBron James is nowhere near the team player the audacious and the overall character of Michael Jordan. That's just millennial bias, whatever. He's the greatest. I'm sorry, there's no one else. And I, I, but on the other hand, sorry, on the other hand, with, uh, with Giannis, compared to LeBron and uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, Giannis works really, really hard. Incredibly hard. And just one of the hardest working players I've heard of that we have the honor of watching and just the how dedicated he is to his team and to his fans. It's just astounding. You know, we rarely get players like that anymore. Just to see the overall character, the overall personhood of some of these players. They only come once in a while. And this is the one for right now. It's Giannis Antetokounmpo. I totally mispronounced that. Antetokounmpo. There we go. That's better. Um, But there just isn't. And, you know, another thing of community, I was watching the game last night with a buddy of mine. Uh, This buddy of mine, let's call him Peter. Uh, Peter has been going through some really rough times lately. Peter has been... Uh, living with cerebral palsy his entire life. Uh, Peter is just 
going through some trials and tribulations in his life and you know we all do we all experience uh, difficulties and struggles differently you know and on in hindsight when you look at the struggle of disability and the life and the world of disability you disability isn't doing too bad overall you know disability is doing really great things right now we have disabled people fulfilling their gifts uh, disabled people fulfilling just what they want to do getting the help they need getting the love and um, support they want to achieve their goals all the uh, plans they want to do you know we got famous youtubers you got other disabled people having other podcasts making a name for disability better than what some of the, all the other uh, corporations and organizations have done it's but what's being done on the personal level with disability that's being so influential because we're relating to everyone on a personal level like instagram podcasting twitter whatever youtube that's where we're gonna get the influence and the awareness i've mentioned this weeks ago if not months and months ago how that's really the way to go for disability awareness because that's where the millennials and the gen z's are they're on the internet they're not always going to all these uh organizations and events don't they're online watching their favorite internet stars and all of us could very well be part of that community and part of that influence to make that change so i look at all this and you look at how disability is doing these great things and then i sit down and have conversations with other disabled people we uh, talk about what's going on in their lives and uh, what changes are going on in their lives uh, what struggles are going on with them what past experiences they have what past behaviors are with them and what other people around them are infecting upon them i say infecting because depending on who we're with the wrong person can impact us but especially infect us with the wrong type of feelings and the wrong type of thoughts and perceptions of ourselves you know and whenever whenever we kind of grow up and go through life thinking we've gotten past those things no those things come back into our minds and into our lives i'm talking here about past trauma the trauma of how other people may have treated us the trauma of how we have been influenced and treated by other people and we have to think about why does this still affect me this is years ago decades ago if not why am i still being 
affected by this, we ask ourselves. And also, why do I feel like I have to be apologetic for how I'm being treated? Or better yet, why do I have to be apologetic for how I'm being understood or not understood? You know, what I'm talking about here now is apologizing for your disability. Apologizing every five seconds for things you do, for feeling like you're bothering people. Apologizing for being needful or needy. Apologizing for just whatever your disability is. Feeling like you're a burden on people. Apologizing for being a burden on people. And just how much support or no support you have really affects you. You know, with being disabled, we rely, depending on your level of disability, we rely on, like, everybody. We rely on case managers, nurses, insurance people, doctors, caregivers, our parents, if you still have your parents, or um, family, other family members, your friends, whoever. It's an entire social circle that gets wider and more narrow as time goes on and how we feel about other people. So going back to my story, I'm sitting down with my buddy just watching the game with him. And, you know, he's been through some stuff. And, you know, I just think about stuff we're talking about. And I think about what other people have told me, too. And I think about just... We are so blessed and so lucky to have the right people in our lives. The right people in our lives who help us through so many things. But you know what? Not all of us disabled people have that. A lot of us disabled people have very difficult people to live with. Maybe we have very difficult parents to live with. Difficult parents who make us feel like we're a burden, who make us feel like we can't ask for help for anything because then we're being too much of a burden on them, or we feel like we're being too much of a hassle. Or uh, to quote Finding Nemo, um, one of those people that cause delays. And, you know, I was watching that recently and just like, oh, that's like every disabled person ever. That's like what we've all been told, but in a more polite way. That scene when... uh, Marlin, Nemo's dad, is talking to the Stingray, Mr. Ray, the teacher. And, you know, like he's talking, he's referencing Nemo. His dad is referencing Nemo as just one of those who caused delays. There's also a later scene when he is talking about um, Dory. And he says kind of the same thing to Dory. You know, Dory's, she's got issues. She's got mental issues. And to Marlon, she's just going to pull him back. 
and caused more delays in his search for Nemo. And I'm like, huh, that's like subtle commentary on things I've been told my entire life, but again, in a more polite way or in an alternate way that I did not fully understand, but I kind of got the gist of, you know, people telling disabled people, oh no, you don't need to do that, it's okay. Or, no, no, you don't need to come with us, you'll just uh, cause us to slow down or that kind of thing, you know, things we've been told our entire lives. You know, then it's not until years later um, that those feelings and those things that fester within us, those thoughts, those labels, those statements, those words that stick to us that really resurface to our thoughts and we um, obsess over them. We, they were traumatized in some ways, depending on who was saying them. You know, again, going back to my buddy, how he talks about, he was talking about a story as well, where uh, we know a mutual friend whose parents are just difficult to live with. The person we're referencing here is also disabled. Let's call him uh, Landon. So this guy Landon is just de dealing with struggles of living with a disability and living with parents who he implies and says are really trashy parents and are not fit to take care of a disabled child or never were. And you know, he's going, this person, Landon is going on and on about this and just talking about how he just, he's an adult now, I think. Yes, I believe he's in his early to mid twenties and he just wants to get away from his parents so bad and go off and do his own thing to get out of that toxicity, out of that toxic environment but right now he's just having difficulties making those steps you know, because of case manager issues, insurance issues, or issues with um, the SSI issues. We can all understand that and all that kind of thing. And just, we're just talking and brainstorming on how to progress forward and get him out of that situation. But the point is how there's so many people and disabled people alike that are experiencing the aftershocks and the aftermath of parental trauma. We could say caregiver trauma too, or just any kind of trauma where you're so hesitant or freaked out or scared or nervous to feel any kind of genuine love or an affection because you're not used to it. And when you do receive it, it just feels fake or it feels untrue or it feels like you don't deserve it. You know, that's common for a lot of people, disabled or not. And it's just really sad how much trauma can affect your development, how it come back, comes back to haunt you and affect you as a person, your personality the decisions you make. Are you a go-getter or are you hesitant 
because of said trauma. To the point you don't even know who the frick you are anymore. You don't even know how to grow anymore because of how much you've been batted down by the trauma from other people that has traumatized you so much. Feeling like you can't even ask for help or receiving help or receiving love and affection genuinely feels wrong and that you have to do something in return. Like it's a form of, like it's a streak of luck that's gonna run out at any moment. You know, there's this very old uh, meme on social media that has Charlie Brown on there. And uh, I think Linus is in there too. Um, Linus says to Charlie Brown, um, again, the old Peanuts comic strips and cartoons, Charlie Brown, why aren't you happy? And Charlie Brown says, well, if I, as soon as I start to get happy, something bad always happens. It's kind of hilarious because it's so relatable. And that's so true because that's what it feels like for a lot of us that have been through that form of trauma. And if you know anything about trauma, what the, to oversimplify it, what the brain does with trauma is that it um, kind of leaves blank spots or uh, gaps in the track. Kind of like if you're watching a movie and uh, there's uh, parts that were cut out of the movie because, you know, kind of like a censor or censorship where uh, the trauma just got to the point where it was so bad, uh, the brain inhibited those memories or suppressed them and your brain kind of skips over those gaps in one way and another way um, your brain will kind of fill in those gaps with fantasies or altruism or like altruistic perceptions of reality that are just false memories. So because uh, if, we, if we have a traumatic sequence going on in our brain and um, because our brain suppresses those memories, the really bad ones, it'll kind of erase them and overwrite them and fill them in with false memories to the way that we had hoped it happened or in the way that we thought happened, but it didn't It happened in a different way. The brain is a really interesting form of defending itself. Or it has a fascinating way of being a defense mechanism to pain and trauma and just difficulties. And so those kind of things where I'm just thinking about, wow, how what we go through really affects who we are to the point where you can't even ask for help anymore and you, you just want to get away from that toxicity just how oh, that's such a big word nowadays it's been a big word for the past decade that we see more and more as mental health awareness just continues to open up and be more 
um, genuine and more raw and real. You know, you see mental health help everywhere now. And where I got this guy, Landon, he just wants nothing to do with his parents anymore because of how, just the history that I've been informed about Landon and with his disability, how he has stories of like his family members um, telling him how because of all the help he needs or because he asked certain things that this person said that they just want to commit suicide because they are so engulfed by Landon's negativity. Now, Landon has a tendency to have spouts of negativity. Okay, he's not necessarily a negative person. You know, he just has had a very difficult life. And, you know, so I'm not going to blame him at all for having those spouts of negativity. You know, we all do. Every one of us. And, you know, when we go through these things, it just always feels like our fault. Feeling needy. Being traumatized because of feeling like a burden. My dog is barking, sorry. Feeling like we can't get help or ask for help from the people we want to care about us the most. Because these people are just so toxic. Maybe you live in a toxic home. You have a toxic family. And therefore you feel like your disability is nothing but a big bothersome. And something big to get used to. Something that's always going to be a blockade for people. A nuisance. An annoyance. Therefore, whenever you get love or feel love, you you feel like you don't deserve it. You know, it's just... You know, I think about the movie uh, Good Will Hunting. If you haven't seen it, it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Seriously. uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck wrote the screenplay back in the 90s. Anywho. um, And uh, Robin Williams plays the therapist in that movie. And uh, Matt Damon plays the character Will Hunting. And so there's a scene where Will, or Matt Damon, is in his therapy session with Robin Williams. And, uh, you know, Robin Williams, he can see right through him. Now, Matt Damon's character has just been through so much with the foster homes and uh, being beaten by foster parents and uh, just all the other trials and tribulations in his life. And deep down, under all the masking layers of trying to hide it, all the barriers that we try to hide our brokenness. Robin Williams gets to his core. And this is something we're going to talk about too. Over and over again in this therapy session, Robin Williams just looks at Matt Damon. He says, look at me, son. With that point of genuine love, saying, look at me, son. And he just says to him over and over again, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. With each time he says it, 
he's getting deeper and deeper through the barriers of what Mad Demon is trying to hide behind. Deeper and deeper past the masks that Mad Demon is using to protect his vulnerability and his brokenness. To the point where he just breaks down like a baby and cries in the arms of Robin Williams, the therapist. Just balls his eyes out because he's just suppressed that pain and masked it for so long because he just didn't allow that pain to resurface. And that's what we feel like often as disabled people, feeling like our pain and our traumas and our experiences are just a bothersome to people. Feeling like we can't live our lives or feeling like we just can't ask for help because people make us feel like we're a burden. Make us feel like we're too much or too much of a hassle. And then whenever we do want to do something, we just feel like it's our fault. You know, this Landon guy, he was saying the same thing. Saying how um, everything just feels like his fault. And then we just had to talk with him and be like, dude, you know what? No way, man. And I'm here to tell you this as well. The same thing I told him and the same thing Robin Williams told Matt Damon in the film. I'm here to tell you, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Go up one level. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. It was never our fault. It's not your fault with the way you've been treated. It's not your fault for the way other people have chosen to treat you in such horrible ways. No. You are loved and you are treasured in every way. Break free from listening to that negativity. Break free from the toxicity. The people that are hurting you in your life. If you can, find a way out and take back control of your life. Again, it's not your fault. It was never your fault. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. Remember how much God loves you and how God has forgiven you. That might be hard to accept sometimes because if other people, even your parents or other loved ones, didn't love you the way you wanted to be loved, you may say to yourself, then how could God the Father love me? Again, it goes back to how when someone gives us such genuine love and care and favor, you th- your brain jumps to conclusions and think it's not real. 
Well, it is. Embrace it. Take it. Learn how to love and live again. Get help for your trauma. Go to a therapist. Go to a pastor. Go to someone who can really understand you and get the mental help that you need. Talk to somebody. Don't hold in that anger or bitterness and let it fester. Get it out of you. I pray that over all of you today, anyone who has had any kind of trauma from the way someone treated you or made you feel like a burden, any kind, anything like that, I pray for freedom over you. I pray for joy over you. I pray for loving grace over you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, everyone, that's our show for today. Thank you for this wonderful episode. And again, it's not your fault at all. Learn what it means to be loved again. And you are a great person, regardless of your disability. Your disability doesn't tell people who you are, but it is a part of you. Embrace it. Embrace yourself and learn how to be loved again. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Have a blessed week. Have a blessed 4th of July holiday weekend if you live in America. Uh, stay safe. Uh, take care. God bless. And as always, stay classy. <laughs>